Two Friends, Two Murders contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Nobody in an atmosphere like this has any contact with violence or walks in any fear. Except who knows what hides in the private jungle beyond any respectable door. to Two Friends, Two Murders. I'm Kylie. And I'm Aubrey. <laughs> and it sounds like I'm probably a million miles away, which because I am. I'm at my house and Aubrey's at hers. Yep. Unfortunately, with what's going on, uh, we are quarantined, so Kylie is joining us via FaceTime. <laughs> you should see Aubrey's <laughs> system. She's got rigged up to make yep. this happen. To make so. this happen, I've got four systems, four different computers <laughs> going on. So, you know, if it sounds crappy, it's it's what we got to do to get through this this life yeah, we have. Yeah, we can't just abandon you guys in this time of need, though, in yeah. this time of entertainment. And also, if I sound like a man or cough, don't worry, I don't have the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a cold. And yes, I've been quarantined for 12 days, so. You will not get the coronavirus for listening to this podcast. No, you will not. Repeat, you, you will not get the coronavirus. You will be all right, but I will. <laughs> and Hennessy's super upset, so there's a lot going on today. Everyone's upset. There's so much going on right now. Yep. But because we're all stuck inside, why not listen to an awesome podcast with two friends talk about two murders, you know? Yeah, I think so. Have you had any other fun quarantine activities so far? I have gone insane i'm so bored riley had to make me a puzzle he literally (laughs) had to cut me out a puzzle so i had something to do yesterday that's so nice though that he's so handy and will just like print you out new puzzles does he like have a pattern or does he make the jigs he literally just went online and looked for one and then picked it so oh that's cool yeah okay cornelis is joining us as well so it's a whole party in corny corn all right. So, I feel like I was kind of like built for quarantine. Like I don't go out yeah, anyway. I mean, so I we'll see how long it takes for me to go crazy. Yeah. But I feel like I'm going to have a pretty high threshold. Yeah. I think it's mainly because I am have been sick. So I physically can't even like run into the grocery yeah. store or anything. Because right. I've been trying to stay away from people just in case. So yeah, I've totally. literally been in my house or in the car. Like Riley drove me to get ice cream the other day for 12 days. And I am so <laughs> bored. <laughs> this is the oh, most human man. contact Hopefully I've had. And soon. Hopefully, but you know, Fingers for crossed, now, people. For now, let's let's work today we're gonna talk about murders at parties. And yeah. it's gonna make you guys feel a little bit better because I'm sure there's a few of you out there that are missing a good party. But missing some good parties, but never fear there are some <laughs> you're you'll be happy you missed. Yeah, exactly. But to start it off, how about we talk about some parties that you're probably were wanted to be invited to these are crazy party stories i'm a party animal hit me with it all right so this one 
Uh, this party had got really out of control. People were drawing all over the walls with markers, and the host oh was crying. God. But the funniest thing I saw was when I walked into the kitchen, and there were about six people gathered around the microwave, drumming their hands on the count- counter and keeping a low chant of, ooh, 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 ooh. And then there was a loud what? pop. They were putting eggs in the microwave, chanting, and then they would pop. All right. Listen, I, I don't haven't ever seen that happen at a party. <laughs> Maybe that means I haven't thrown a good party yet. I guess. Let's see. This this seems pretty common. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't. I, re- I kept reading. A drunk naked guy holding a weasel was singing happy birthday to it. <laughs> this seems pretty common. <laughs> well, I heard, I read a drunk naked guy, and then it said holding a weasel. So <laughs> Yeah, up till that point. Let's see. I was at a party in high school. It was a pretty big party. People everywhere. I walked into the laundry room to a large group of people. They were all huddled around a dog kennel with a large bloodhound and two collies inside. They were laughing hysterically, hysterically yelling. Uh, perplexed, I asked what was happening, and one guy who I did not think I have even met before proceeded to pull his pants down, put his ass, and press his cheeks against the metal cage. The dog was so happy and licked his ass. What? Oh my god. I feel like that's some sort of animal torture. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't need to lick your ass. Go find something else to yeah, do. I feel at the like party. there's. Yeah, seriously. Grosses. Um, let's see. We were having a party at our house, and one of the guests got a little out of hand. He started breaking beer bottles on the floor and dancing on the shards of glass with his bare feet. Oh my god! Who are people? Like this is fun. This is fine. This seems fine. This shit's gonna hurt <laughs> tomorrow. This person. I walked into a kitchen, and there was a horse just chilling. And this was in a high-rise apartment in Manhattan. What? Okay, that would be cool. Funny. People are funny. Uh, This girl that was a friend of a friend that nobody else really knew was clearly on something and pretty out of it. We were all sitting around having a good time when out of nowhere this girl stands up, walks to the refrigerator, opens the drawer, which had bananas in it. Who puts bananas in the fridge? I don't know. I don't. That's so weird. Pulls down her pants and proceeds to squat and piss inside the fridge. (laughs) What? So she, go- she, she thought she was in the toilet. She removed the bananas and then peed where the bananas were. How nice of Ew. her. <laughs> Let's see. This is the last one. A uh, group of us ages 17 to 19 were around a bonfire drinking beers. Girls started asking dudes truth or dare questions. It sounds pretty typical. Yeah. Things started heating up and a sexual tension is building up until my body Ooh. asked this drunk girl to ch- who, who chose truth. And what her craziest masturbation story was. She told us midway through finger banging herself. She let her. Okay, this is. I'm so sorry. I didn't read this first. Oh my god. (laughs) She let her German shepherd mount her as she was masturbating. What? Sorry to leave you with that, but that was the last one. And that was probably the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. What would you like? do if you're at a party and there's some girl just t- chatting away and she drops that story on you I like, would honestly I just be like, like so disgusting yeah, I would be like honestly you're something's wrong with you and you're disgusting and please let me save your dog yeah someone should take <laughs> your dog away from you you sicko oh weirdo. my god all right well I do not have any stories that top that unfortunately listen I don't have any crazy party stories because I'm not cra- least- I don't crazy party you know I'm yeah, boring. yeah, I've never had people chant and and pop eggs in my microwave, yeah, no, so that's a either. new that's a new party goal, I guess. Probably the weirdest thing is uh, my brother decided to jump 
face first onto a beer pong table and broke it. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, I've had people break so, stuff before. And yeah. Like, I've broken stuff before. Oh my god, no like, you haven't. That's like, that's just the party gods. That's pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> I have not broken anything, but anyways. All right, let's move on to some parties that we don't want to be at, shall we? Ooh, I think you're first, Kylie. Well, now I feel like this is tame since you just talked about a weirdo, like that weirdo girl. I did not read the last one. I read the first few and I was like, this will be good. And then I didn't get that far and there's probably a reason why. (laughs) Like, oh man, I think that might be the creepiest thing we hear today, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay, so my story is about a sex party gone wrong. Uh, Here we go. Transition. Let me set the scene first. All right. So there's this girl named Amanda Bailey. She was a small town girl from Georgia. She actually ended up getting pregnant while she was in the 12th grade, Mm -hmm. and she dropped out to become a full-time mom. So things kind of started getting harder, too. Amanda's mom had passed away, and Amanda spiraled into a depression, and she started using drugs heavily. Her boyfriend at the time was also very abusive, and he was, like, the cops were called on domestic violence charges all the time. And one of the cops that had actually been, like, called out to the house multiple times named Lo... I forgot how to say his name. Loman <laughs> Logue, I think. Probably yeah. it. He started... He became close with Amanda and kept trying to convince her, like, to get out of this lifestyle. And eventually they started dating. Okay. So, Amanda had, like, completely changed after, like, Loman came into her life. Uh, She stopped doing drugs, she got a steady job, and then less than a year of her and him dating, they got married. So, Amanda had had always wanted to be a model, and Loman encouraged her to follow her dream and even booked her very first photo shoot. There you go. After that, it didn't take long, and her pictures were picked up by a local ad agency, and then she kept booking enough jobs that she was actually able to quit her car dealership job and do modeling full-time. Oh, I'm excited to see what this girl looks like. Does she look like a model? Um, sure. Sure, all right. Sure. She's, like, 24 at the time. She, I mean, yeah, she's pretty. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, things were good. How... Okay. <laughs> things were good. <laughs> Sorry. However... Loman ended up getting into a critical accident that forced him to quit the police force. Mm-hmm. So their bills and their financial situations became tight. Um, right at her. this point, Amanda started doing like more risque pictures. Oh. Um, she started modeling nude. She started doing like foot fetish pictures. <laughs> bondage bitch did you just go Ooh. it's just funny because random thought my friend Devin, we were talking about this the other day because she was like if someone would pay me a thousand dollars to send him a picture of my foot i'm gonna do it they are tell Devin that's totally possible i'll let her know <laughs> and she can live that life <laughs> Anyway. We could send your uh, video of like the you, you getting the Charlie horse in your foot. Oh yeah, that one's perfect. <laughs> that would sell for big bucks. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so she's doing like kind of fetish pictures, like the the foot fetish and the bondage pictures, and then this eventually escalated for her into her moving into the porn industry mm-hmm. and doing and having sex on camera. Well, that moved so quite she started. Quick. What'd you say? That moved quite quick. It did. So she started doing videos on a regular basis, and this 
I mean, no surprise, it put a strain on the couple, even though they both said the money was really good. They both talked about it, but didn't know what to do about money if she were to quit. Um, however, Amanda changed her mind about leaving really shortly when she had, uh, she flew to New York and, for a filming and met her new co-star, Jason Andrews. Mm. Um, Jason was a 27-year-old DJ who moonlighted in straight and gay porn. He had a British accent and Amanda was completely infatuated hit with him right away. She said they she said her chemistry with other co-stars had all been fake, but this was real. The two started having sex off camera, mm. and when this week-long shoot was over, they were calling and texting each other all the time. All right. Um, Loman didn't really notice anything until Amanda started booking multiple future scenes with Jason. Um, Loman also finally started getting money from his disability and basically wanted, because of this, he was like, we have money coming in now, like, I don't want you to do porn anymore. But at this point, it was too late, and Amanda decided that she wanted to be with Jason. Okay. So, on January 18th, 2010, Loman came home and found Jason helping Amanda move out, and they got into a shouting match, and Jason actually pulled a gun on Loman, threatening to kill him. So, the police showed up. Because a neighbor had seen and called the cops and they arrested Jason and then he went to court a few days later and the judge actually banned him from ever being in that county again. Oh, dang. Yeah, so things escalated, but yeah. uh, this obviously did not stop uh, Amanda's and Jason's relationship. I'm not sure how much long after this, but basically Amanda left her daughter at her father's house and abandoned her old life in Georgia to be with Jason. Okay. So she just, like, took Seems off. Seems like the um, smart choice. Yeah, they were working in Florida on some shoots, and she was picking up extra money as a masseuse who specialized in erotic massages. Where does she, she is just all over the board. She is. I mean, she's, yeah, she's hustling for that much cash. With all that extra cash she had now, she, her and Jason started using prescription pills. Um, so the couple's just kind of going wild, obviously. They're, like, on this, like, crazy binge of, like, they're, you know, having sex all the time, they're doing this prescription pills, like, she's doing erotic massages, and, like, (laughs) they're having sex all the time, and Jason started to tell her about, like, his deeper fantasies, which were that he got really turned on thinking about killing someone or raping someone, so. That would be a red flag. So, we've heard this story before, so <laughs> let's sure have. <laughs> it takes us. Um, there's this guy, there's this other guy named Dennis Scooter Abrahamson, and he lives in the same area, and he's actually, he's pretty well known in the community. He owns a tattoo shop, he has a repo business on the side, he's involved in several motorcycle clubs, and is basically, it's like basically common knowledge that he's always at the strip club. I think he might have even been a bouncer at some of the local strip clubs, and it's, again, just common knowledge that he gets erotic massages from the girls, like, on the reg. Okay. So, on the night of May 15th, he is at the Brass Flamingo, which is a dope strip club name. (laughs) And he's with some friends when he gets a text from a girl that says, hey, I'm horny, you up. Oh. And so, you know, the classic line. The classic you up. (laughs) Yeah, classic pickup line. So he invites his friends back to this house, and he invites the girl who ended up, who had texted him, who ends up being Amanda. 
aka Sunny Day. I had forgotten to tell you that that's her that's poor her. name. All right. Sunny Day. Sunny Day. Day is spelled D-A-E because it's classy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so they, he invites all these people over and the sex party starts. Um, again, it's not uncommon for him to like have a sex party. It's yeah. Kind of, it's just what he does, I guess. Um, so, however, his friends that were over there kind of felt like something was off with this girl, Amanda. Hmm. Apparently, they were like all hooking up in the hot tub and she was basically on her phone, phone the whole time, um, texting while she was having sex with them, but they just what kept the going either way. So. Um, the party kept going till about five in the morning, and then that's when people started to leave, and Amanda agrees to give Dennis a massage. Okay. So, the next day in the afternoon, Dennis's cousin showed up to his house trying to find out where he was because he wasn't answering his phone. He goes through the backyard and sees that the hot tub is still on, but it's almost empty. He gets into the house, and he finds Dennis in his room, and at first it looks like he had been asleep on the massage table, but after a second glance, he notices that there's blood everywhere. Oh, boy. Dennis had been stabbed in the back multiple times and bludgeoned in the head with a sledgehammer. Jeez. So, yeah, so, like, a very, it was, like, the cops and stuff that were talking about it were just saying, like, it was a really gruesome scene. Um, the, so the cops come and investigate and they find the two knives and the sledgehammer were in this like laundry basket right next to the body. Oh, way to hide them. Um, yeah. So they have their murder weapons right away. Uh, there were credit cards, pills, a couple thousand in cash, a digital camera and a video camera were all stolen. And then the cops noticed that this obviously wasn't a regular massage because there were sex toys in between Dennis's legs. Hmm. Um, they start to talk to people nearby and they find out that Dennis had made a purchase at the 7-Eleven down the street and that he wasn't alone. He had been with a couple, which ended up being a few of his friends from the party. Yeah. So they had told those, so they end up reaching out to these, those friends and, uh, they told the police about how he had invited Amanda over and that they all hooked up and she was a porn star and went by the name Sunny Day, but they didn't know her real last name. Mm -hmm. So... They start tracking Dennis's phone records and realize that the phone number he had been texting didn't actually belong to Amanda. It belonged to Jason Andrews. Mm. Yeah, and so and it's crazy because like these two, Jason and Amanda, had literally been picked up for shoplifting earlier that day. Oh, really? So they were already in jail. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So they're super smart. Yeah, they are. Um. So the cops start interviewing them. Amanda at first is pretty quiet admits to giving him a massage and that he fell asleep on the table and then she left. Uh, Her and Jason had been texting all night, but she doesn't remember what they were talking about. And then the cops tell her that they found Dennis dead and she basically goes silent and asks for a lawyer. Mm. Then they start talking to Jason and they had a feeling about him just because like, because of how forceful the sledgehammer wound was, they kind of like were assuming it was a male that had killed him. Um, And when they started interviewing Jason, he was giving off like super weird vibes. So he was super calm one second. And then the next second he was angry and like panicky over the questions they were asking him. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately they didn't have enough evidence to hold either of them. So they were released that afternoon. They did, however, get a search warrant for Amanda's car. Okay. So they found two Blackberry phones with the battery and SIM card removed and they reached out to the service provider to obtain the data. 
And then in the meantime, they wanted to try and talk to Amanda again, but the hotel address that both of them had listed as like their resident, current residence, yeah. uh, when they went there, the couple had already checked out and they found out that they had split up. Amanda had called her husband, who she hadn't spoken to in three months, and he came and picked her up. Wow, nice of him. I know. He's so hung up on <laughs> yeah. her. I'm like, bro, come on. Seriously. Uh, the cops obviously went down to Georgia to talk to her, and the husband convinced her that it was just, like, best for her to tell the truth um, about what happened. I have a little clip of her version so let's see if this works. <laughs> Guys, this is the first, there's a first time for everything. We're texting back and forth. Um, you know, I don't know what all we were texting. I can't remember because of all the stress. But Jason hadn't stayed in the Explorer, according to Amanda. She claimed that she was in the middle of Abrahamson's massage when her lover stormed in. Jason had something in his hand. It was like a big hammer thing. He started just bashing him in the back of the head. Amanda said she had looked on in horror while Jason committed the murder. And then grabbed a knife. He was stabbing. Just over here in shock, just watching this. I have nightmares about it still, you know. Um, sound of it, everything. Amanda claimed that once he was finished with Abrahamson, Jason had threatened to do the same to her, too. And he grabbed me by the back of my hair and drove me over to a scooter and made me see what he had done. And told me if I told anybody, that's what he would do to me. He's like, you're going to do what I say or I'm going to kill you. Not only. Okay, so okay. she she blaming oh. the boyfriend. Oh, sorry, what was that? She's blaming the boyfriend? Yeah, she's blaming the boyfriend. If that was hard to hear, she basically says that Jason was outside waiting in her car the whole time. She was at Dennis's house and that they were texting the whole time, but again, she couldn't remember what they were saying. Then while she was giving the massage, Jason came in with a sledgehammer and started hitting Dennis in the head. Jeez. Then he proceeded to stab him and threatened her that if she told anyone that that was what's going to happen to her. So she also said that he left all the murder weapons there on purpose in hopes of framing Amanda for the murder. And she goes on to say that's why she purposely got caught shoplifting because she was like wanting to get arrested to get away from him, hmm. which... Definitely sounds far-fetched, but I was, like, watching the video of it, and you see her, and she's, like, literally holding these clothes, like, straight up to the video camera and, like, staring at the surveillance so camera and obvious. shoving them into her purse. Like, she's uh, not being slick at all, yeah. so I don't know. Weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but so at this point, you're kind of thinking that Amanda might, or at least the cops were thinking that Amanda might be a victim of, like, this psychopath boyfriend, right? Like, making her do all this crazy stuff, but then they get the text messages back, and here's what some of them had said. So, Amanda says, that's okay, and this is her texting Jason while he's out Uh in the car. Okay. Um, Amanda says, that's okay, we can... Drink, we can get more, baby. I got some vinyl gloves. And then Jason says, 
I'm so glad you're really committed to this. Take, keep eyes for a knife, etc. for me. And just so you guys know, the way that they text is garbage. So yeah. I'm literally reading it verbatim. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, not just the way Amanda you speak. says, Kay, I'm horny. I want to have sex after we kill him. <laughs> and then Amanda also says, okay, I don't see knives. He's got coke in two Roxies. What? She's, yeah, I guess, I, I don't know what Roxies are. I'm assuming prescription drugs but yeah i don't know uh then jason says just get him on his face either bash or tell me to get in and where to go and then jason says get him nice and relaxed take your time and then amanda says they are packing up i'm fucking excited to fuck someone up god damn it i want to fuck after we kill him <laughs> my goodness this is oh, very explicit <laughs> So she's obviously not so innocent anymore. Um, They arrest her for first degree murder, but Jason is still missing. He had fled to Fort Lauderdale um, and they issue a warrant for his arrest. And then they get this call from this lady in Tennessee and said that she had recently started dating him. She apparently was like Googling her boyfriend to like show him off to her friends and found out that he was wanted for murder. So nice. So I don't know if y'all have Googled your spouses, but I it's, haven't. Worth a, it's worth a quick check. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't think to do that. Yeah, so then obviously they found him and was they were able to arrest him and get his side of the story. Turns out he wasn't British at all. He had just oh. been faking the accent the whole time. Which, why? But okay. Yeah, I don't know. He had been married before and grew up in Kansas, and when he moved to Chicago, he reinvented himself. So I guess... He so just that thought being British part, being yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, he conven- confessed that he was the one that hit Dennis with the sledgehammer and then went to the kitchen and got knives to stab him in the back and basically took full responsibility for the physical act of the murder. However, he did implicate Amanda, saying that she helped choose the victim. She obviously helped with the setup. And she cased the house to see what they could score from this. Mm. Um, And that the motivation was robbery, but they both got a thrill from the killing and that they both enjoyed it. And as soon as Dennis had been murdered, they went home and had sex. Of course. Um, Another reason why they felt like Amanda wasn't innocent is because some of those texts that she was sending, she was literally having sex with Dennis while she was texting Jason about killing him. Like, wouldn't that be weird? Just, you know, someone's just texting during that? Yeah, wouldn't you be like, um, excuse me. Like, it's like you maybe... we're involved in something <laughs> yeah. here. Like, do you maybe, yeah, can you maybe put that down? I care, but... Whatever. Yeah. Um, weird. So, they were both indicted for first-degree murder. Jason originally said that he wanted to be executed, but after a year in prison, he changed his mind and pled guilty in exchange for life in prison without the possibility of parole. Mm. Um, Amanda pled guilty and testified against Jason, and she was uh, sentenced for second-degree murder and got 40 years. Um, Her husband, Layman, is still faithful to Amanda and is waiting for her to get out to this very day so they can restart their lives together why (laughs) and then it said at the end it was like her daughter lives with her biological father and it didn't say if they had any contact but obviously i doubt it right yeah why would you stay with her i have no idea it's he's i don't know um but the moral of the story is if you go to a sex party (laughs) don't get an erotic massage because things can happen (laughs) things can happen it's and if a girl's texting while you guys are hooking up (laughs) red flag yeah doesn't seem normal but whatever (laughs) he just really needed it 
Weird people. Well. Weird. All right. Mine yeah. is <laughs> Mine is a little different. Yeah, it was probably not like typical party, but you know. It's still a party. Still a party. Still a party. It's a little bit different, different than I've ever had. Exactly. All right. So, mine, a lot of people have actually heard about mine. Um, but I went with a little bit of a different theme, so technically these people weren't murdered at the party, but they were at the party while they were murdered. (laughs) That made no sense. (laughs) They were murdered in the house. There was a party, okay? It'll make more sense when I get through it. Yeah, I'm here for it. (laughs) All right, so, um, this is the murder of Blake and Mary, uh, by their son. So, by their son Tyler Hadley. So, Blake and Mary Joe Hadley had moved to Port St. Lucie from Fort Lauderdale to be closer to Blake's parents who had retired. So, like, Port, this part of um, Fort Lauderdale or this part is known for, like, its retirement communities. Uh-huh. So, there's not a lot there. It's a really, yeah. like, slow-moving town. There's just, like, golf courses and things like that. Hey, we both had Florida murders. Oh, my gosh. That's where the <laughs> parties are at, apparently. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Blake was a watch engineer at the nuclear power plant, and Mary Jo was an elementary school teacher. So they seemed like a pretty normal family, but they mm-hmm. obviously had issues with their teen- teenage son, who is Tyler. Um, he was kind of a loner and liked to hang out with people who were druggies and juveniles. Things seemed to be getting worse and worse as he got older. Um, and he started to kind of rebel in his teenage years, you could say. Uh, okay. One time, he even decided that he would light the River Park Wildlife Preserve on fire. Oh, so, okay. So, him and several oh, others... shit. I know. Oh, and when I read this, I'm like, God, children, really? <laughs> Ugh. Uh, but well, and he's probably, like, so bored in that community because yeah. there's, like, nothing to do for, like, young people. I mean, no excuse, but still. Yeah, when you kind of hear about all of these kids, you kind of are like, oh, they're all kind of weird. But anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, him and several other kids dragged an old couch out to a clearing in this wildlife preserve, doused it with gasoline, and lit it on fire. Uh, The fire department was called out, and the kids got off with just a warning, which I'm like, just a warning? Oh, like, National Reserve, and, like, it's... Nothing. That's it. Jeez. Um, another time, Tyler They're got... They're probably so used to it in Florida. They're uh-huh. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Another time, Tyler got into a fight with at a friend's house and was arrested on charges of aggravated battery and was sentenced to a week in the county jail and then was put on house arrest for two weeks. So this time he got, obviously, into a little bit more trouble. Okay. Um, Tyler had told all his friends that he was planning to have a party over the weekend because his parents were supposedly going to be out of town. So during this time, after he got out of house arrest, Tyler's parents tried to help him and like do anything they can to get him sane again. They even like on the right track. Uh huh. They even committed him to a mental health facility for counseling, but Mm -hmm. it obviously didn't matter. So. What better way to rebel than to throw a party? (laughs) So, um, Tyler, like I said, was kind of a loner, so he didn't have a lot of friends. So when he was passing out this information that he was going to have a party, people were like, who? Yeah, like what? Who? Where? Yeah, so they didn't actually believe that he was going to throw a party because when he would be taught, like when people would ask him about it, he would say, well, he's working on it. 
Yeah, like, okay. Um, about around 1.15 p.m. on Saturday, Tyler posted on his Facebook page, party at my crib tonight, maybe. Which, <laughs> why are you posting that? I don't know. Like, if it ain't for sure, don't post yeah. it. So, still no one was convinced that he was going to have a party, but again at 8.15 p.m., Tyler posted on his Facebook, party at my house, hit me up, except HMU, oh. the coolie. Now it's now it's going down. I would, like, literally never post on Facebook that I was having a party, because then no. there's evidence yeah. you get in trouble, yep. but I guess Tyler doesn't care about that. Nope. One girl even wrote, well, what? What if your parents come home? And Tyler <laughs> said, they won't trust me. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a kid by na- uh, by the name Ma- Mike Young arrived to the party later that night with about 10 or so of his friends. He was a popular junior and had no idea, well, he knew who the host was, but they weren't friends. Like, they obviously knew each other because they went to the same school. Yeah. Um, so Tyler, on the other hand, he didn't have a lot of friends, like I was saying, so most of the people that showed up at the party were because other people were bringing them. Yeah. So it started off really small and then obviously got bigger and bitter, bigger. Um, let's see, when the party kind of started, they could tell that Tyler was on something and he didn't seem like himself. He was like super anxious. His pupils were dilated. He kept rubbing his hands together and he would like nervously clench his fists. So obviously like he was panicking. People obviously probably just thought it was because he was throwing a party and there was a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the party got to the point where there was around 60 kids in the house, and mo- most people were just doing whatever they want. They drank, they played beer pong, they ate food, they smoked, but that's not all they did. The party did got- you say 60? Yeah, so it started with that's 60 kids. That's a huge-ass party. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So they got a little out of hand, obviously, you, as yeah. a party would with 60 people. There was kids tossing water bo- or bottles of beer on the floor, letting them shatter, they were, like, smoking cigarettes inside the house, and then they would, like, put them out on the couches or on the ground. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was, like, holes in the walls. Like, it was just a madhouse. And Tyler just, like, didn't care. He was like, do whatever you want, right? Yeah. Um, at this point, like, kids were kind of, like, spreading rumors. And one person was saying, like, I smell dead people. <laughs> And, like, when people would ask this kid what he was talking about, he'd be like, oh, I don't know. And he was just, like, joking. And they're like, oh, he's just on drugs. Like, he's probably just smelling the weed or whatever that's in the house. Yeah. When people asked Tyler where his parents were and, like, why they didn't care that he was throwing this huge party, he would have a different story for, like, every person. He would say that they went to Georgia or they were in Orlando. And he even told some people that this was his house and his parents didn't live there, which, no. Okay. Not true. Uh, One kid even joked that he had killed his parents and that's why they were able to throw a party. So, there's that. Um, Tyler was known to joke around with a few kids about wanting to kill his parents, but which... I mean, I'm not saying it's normal, but as a teenager, if someone's like, I'm going to kill him, you know, it's probably just because Yeah, like, you're so mad, like, ugh, I could kill him. Yeah, they're just in an angry rage. So that that wasn't, like, a huge red flag to anyone. Um, One crazy thing, though, is that Tyler had messaged a few people before the party joking about killing his parents. Uh, One conversation went, uh, and this is Tyler, I'm going to do it. And then another kid said, you really should. And he said, don't worry, I am, and then I'm having a party. He said, and then the other kid said, yeah, party time. Which, what the hell? Okay. 
Don't do it. Don't Party do time. it. <laughs> Party time. By midnight, the party had grown to 100 people. So basically every child in this community is at this party. Seriously, that is huge. The house had been completely destroyed and it looked like it had been ransacked by thieves. Like there's pictures and there's just stuff everywhere. Like it's disgusting. We could post a picture on our story. I bet the house probably couldn't even hold that many people. Yeah, it was probably just, I can't even imagine. That's crazy. Um, but anyway, so another odd thing to the, about the party goers was that the master bedroom was locked. So they're obviously scattered throughout this whole house, right? But the only room that they can't get into is the master bedroom. Another yeah. weird thing was it seemed there was like a large black stain on the ground by the master bedroom, but people just thought it was like oil. <laughs> <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> That's normal. It's fine. <laughs> Spill my oil in here. One kid even said that while playing beer pong, the, his ball rolled under the table into a sticky, thick brown substance, but thinking nothing of it, he just rinsed it off and <laughs> continued. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <sighs> so at this point with 100 people in your house, it's going to be a little loud, right? So Tyler was starting to get a little bit antsy about how loud it was because he didn't want his neighbors to call the cops. Right. Obviously for more reason, one more than one reason. So one of his friends by the name Mark decided to take him outside and see what was wrong and like try to calm him down. And what Tyler said was, dude, I did some things. I might go to prison. I might go away for life. I don't know, dude. I'm freaking out right now. I freaking killed somebody. (laughs) And then Mark responds, dude, you killing somebody is your own business. Don't be telling me that sort of thing. I don't need to know. Okay. (laughs) What a good friend. Thanks, Mark. When kids started to leave, because at this point it's probably 2 a.m., who knows, Tyler would say things like, I just wanted to do something before I left forever. I'm going to kill myself. So he's just weird. Like, this kid is just strange. Yeah. Um. Now Tyler's starting to get a lot of attention because he's saying these weird things. He's talking about killing people. He's talking about killing himself. Yeah. So another friend decides to see what the heck is going on. They walked um, outside to the stop sign to the end of the block and back, just trying to, like, calm him down again. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of when he spills the beans. Um, Tyler says, I killed my parents. And this kid says, yeah, right, which this kid's name is Michael. So there's a Mike okay. and a Michael. Uh, this, then Tyler says, Michael, I'm being real. I'm not lying to you. If you look closely enough, you can see the signs. He told Michael to look in the driveway. In the driveway were two cl- cars um, in the garage, one was a black Toyota Tacoma truck that belonged to Tyler's father, and then his mother's Ford Expedition was there as well. So both of their cars were there. Yeah. It's like, where are they? Uh-huh. At this point, obviously, Michael's like, well, that's not proof enough. Like, okay, so their cars are here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tyler then decided to take him into the garage. After making sure that nobody was watching, Michael slipped into the garage and turned on the light. He saw a bloody shoe print and immediately retreated, shutting the door behind him. At at this point, Tyler led Michael to the master bedroom. There were traces of blood on the door and, like, all over the floor outside of the room. So, obviously, you know something's going down, right? So, he didn't let him in. He was just, like, showing him the stuff. So, now, Tyler unlocks the door and opens it. But what Michael saw is, he well, when he saw what was going on in the, um, he saw, like, Bloody chairs, bloody soaked towels, and, like, all of this blood just all over. And there yeah. was just, like, debris everywhere. Um. So, at this point, he still is kind of, like, 
he doesn't see any bodies, but he sees that something has gone down, right? So he, Tyler kind of walks him through what happened. And this is a little gruesome. So um, that afternoon, shortly after or before about five o'clock, Tyler had hid his parents cell phones so that they couldn't call for help. Um, He listened to a song called Phil Lucky by the rapper Little, what is it? Boozy, I think. Okay. uh, To psych himself up. He took three pills of ecstasy. Um, Jesus Yes, so he was just, he was getting ready. He was rolling hard. In the garage, he found a claw hammer. He then returned to the house, stood behind his mother while she worked on the family computer, but he stood there for a full five minutes just watching her. Ew. He's so weird. Oh my god. He then, that is so eerie. I know. He then raised the claw end of the hammer and brought it down on Mary Jo's head. His mother was screaming, like, why, why are you doing this? Because obviously the first hit didn't kill her, right? Yeah. Hearing Ugh. his wife's screams, Blake, the father, ran into the master bedroom. Uh, he was a pretty big guy. He was six foot one, 300 pounds. Damn. Uh, but he obviously wasn't prepared to see what he saw. So he ran into the yeah. room and he saw his son hitting his wife um, with this hammer. So his father runs in there and he's asking, why are you doing it? And Tyler says, why the fuck not? Okay. He kept repeating this question while he beat his father to death with the claw end of the hammer. So at this point, he's hit his mother and now he's moved on to his father. So when it was over, Tyler said he wrapped towels around his parents' head, dragged them into the master bedroom. He laid the bodies side by side face down and put the hammer on the ground between them. He then took three hours to clean up the blood and the gore all over the house. Oh, my God. Um, he threw every pre- piece of evidence he could find into the bedroom. He buried the corpse beneath a pile of broken dishes, shattered glass, and bloody towels, pillowcases, books, whatever he could find. He just yeah. piled on top of these bodies. He then took a shower, and then that's when he decided to throw this party. But one weird thing is he told his friend Michael that he just stared at his reflection and laughed in the mirror. This kid what is the- psycho. That is so crazy. So you would think at this point. God, poor parents. Like, I Jesus know. Christ. Your dad, the dad's probably running down, like, thinking, like, a stranger's in the house yeah. or something. And then it turns out to be your kid. Uh-huh. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, exactly. So you would think at this point that his friend would be like, I'm out. No. Yeah. He stayed and participated in the party. So obviously okay. he was weirded out and he was like. For the rest of the night, he was kind of, like, anxious. But he still stayed at the party. Like. Really, dude? I would, like, be immediately leaving. Yeah, exactly. So, at around 2 a.m., someone announced that there was another party going on and people started to leave. At this point, this is kind of when neighbors started to realize because there was a bunch of drunk kids outside leaving, like, driving on their lawn, like, all this weird stuff. So, they decided to call the police. Two police officers showed up. They arrived at the residence, but this at this point, there was only, like, 20 people at the house. So Tyler Damn. hid everyone, like, inside and told them to be quiet and answered the door. And when they answered the door, the police was like, we heard there was a party. And Tyler's like, nah, nah, nah. Like, it's just me and, like, two friends, right? Uh-huh. And the police left. Like, I'm like, didn't you see, like, all of the stuff all the over damage, the house? Like, like, he yeah. must have, like, kept the door super closed. Yeah, like, like had the lights off. Because I bet, yeah, no. Yep, so they left, right? So the party continued going until 4.40 a.m. 
And Tyler at this time posted another message on his Facebook saying, there's still a party at my house. Hit me up. Oh, my God. <laughs> but at like, this point. You had your party. Yep. Wrap it up. Exactly. So at this point, the police show up at his house again, but they don't. He, Tyler's like thinking, oh, why are they here again? But the reason they showed up is because Tyler's friend Michael, the one he told everything to, decided to call the police and tell them everything. Okay, good call, Michael. Yeah, about time. Only took you yeah, two hours. It took your sweet time <laughs> yeah. to do that, but okay. So when Tyler answered the door at this time, he figured it was probably because, like, he knew he was in trouble at this point. Yeah. So he just said, I'm knowing, I know I'm going to Rock Road, which I don't know what that means. So just take me. He said, please. Yeah, what's Rock Road? Like the yeah, jail or something? I guess. So um, the police took Tyler in handcuffs and took him out of the driveway so they could kind of look at what was going on in the house and obviously get any kids who were left there out. Yeah. Um, they noticed how messy the house was and that there was dried blood on the frame of the baseboards by the master bedroom. But they obviously saw that the, the door was locked. Mm-hmm. So they broke down the door to get inside. And that's when they saw everything that was in the master bedroom. Um, Tyler's friends, they were obviously confused on what happened, but they did admit that he struggled with drugs and a relationship with his parents. So, like, they were like, well, he doesn't seem like the kid that would do anything like that. But at the same time, they knew that he was on drugs and struggled with his relationship with his parents. So they weren't surprised that it happened, I guess. Yeah. Um. Like, all the flags were there. Yeah, exactly. So, in a letter to his grandparents, so after all this gets happened, obviously, they see the bodies. They found the parents. They have all this evidence of what happened. His friend called in, told him what happened. They have Tyler, and they're kind of questioning him on what happened. And they kind of find some random things throughout the house. Like, Tyler had actually wrote a letter to his grandparents after he did this. Kind of like a goodbye letter in some way. Like suicide-ish. Yeah. And in one of it, in part of it, he wrote, I wish I had never started taking those damn pills because of them. Um, or he said, none of this would have happened if I hadn't taken them. So he's kind of trying to blame it on the drugs that he's on, right? Yeah. And not only the drugs that he takes with his friends, like the ecstasy, for example. Yeah. But the prescription drugs that he's been on for, like, his health. Gotcha. Um, in another part of the note, he says, I regret everything I did, and I swear it was those drugs. So I actually have a video, and this is him in court apologizing for what he did. So I'll play that for you. State your name for the record, please. After eight days, we hear from Tyler Hadley for 86 seconds. I'd like to direct this to my entire family. Everyone. Hadley told the court he can't apologize or make amends for the horrible acts he committed. Not a single day goes by that I don't think about my parents or my whole family that I'm affected by this. Hadley said he realizes he took away a son father a mother a sister a brother and two friends i know i don't expect forgiveness and i know that they i know they will never forgive me and i'm not expecting forgiveness so basically he's just like saying that he's sorry but he doesn't expect forgiveness yeah his voice Um, is so like monotone well and and what's funny too is when you see him he doesn't look like weird right he looks like just a yeah. normal teenage kid there's nothing I think about I've him i've seen a picture of him before and totally yeah. just looks like a typical teenager yeah exactly so when this all happened tyler was only 17 at the time so he couldn't be sentenced to death by florida law so okay. he was sentenced to a life imprisonment without parole um he's currently in prison in the okeechobee correctional institution and he's gonna be there for life 
Wow. Yeah. So I, I'll post some, like, we'll post some pictures in our story, but I have pictures of, like, when you walk into the master bedroom, what you see in, like, this house. Ew. And it's just disgusting. And there literally is blood everywhere. It's oh, that's so, so crazy. creepy. Just, like, imagine you were, like, at this party yeah. with, like, dead bodies nearby. Yeah, like, Not just dead bodies, murdered dead bodies. Uh-huh, like, exactly. Ugh. Like, this whole time you were partying, like, there's his parents' bodies are rotting upstairs. That's and, like, you're with this kid. And, like, how much anger would you have to have to do that to your parents? Like, yeah. And, like, I mean, I thought that ecstasy made you really happy. So, like, listen, that's just. It got him real pumped up for another yeah, reason. It got him so pumped up to do that. That's so crazy. Well, listen, guys, I tell you what, these are a few parties you should be happy <laughs> you are missing out on. <laughs> yeah. Being just, quarantined. Oh, my gosh. And if you Look do. Look for the signs. Yeah, exactly. If you do plan to throw a party. After this quarantine, maybe keep it to the people you know. Don't let it be a sex party. <laughs> and if there's some crazy teenagers there, maybe check them first. Yeah. <laughs> be <laughs> but safe. Exactly. In the meantime, enjoying your quarantine safely. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Friends, Two Murders. Go follow us on Instagram at Two Friends, Two Murders Podcast. Episodes are available on both Apple Podcast and Buzzsprout. Don't forget to go leave us a review and share the episode with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us via Instagram or email us at twofriendstwomurderspodcast at gmail.com.